Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Soup Kitchen of Boynton Beach podcast. I'm Dick Sion, and in a moment, we're going to introduce you to the sweetest, nicest man, Alan Cowley, and he's a pastor of the New Church of Boynton Beach. Just a lot of love to give. You'll hear from Alan in just a moment, but I want to remind you uh, to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, The Soup Kitchen of Boynton Beach. And very often people will ask us, what do you need? What can I donate? Well, check out the Soup Kitchen of Boynton Beach wish list on Amazon.com. We have things listed from $10 to $30, nothing expensive, but you'll see what we need and it will be delivered directly to us. Thank you very much. So let's say hello to Reverend Alan Cowley from the New Church of Boynton Beach. Hey, Alan, it's so great to have you on the podcast with us. Um, I'd like to find out about the New Church of Boynton. That's where you're the pastor. And so tell us a little bit about that and how long have you been with them? Oh, sure. It's uh, good to be had. Um, <laughs> appreciate you uh, having me on. You're welcome. Uh, so I've been the pastor of the uh, New Church at Boynton Beach for about five years now. Um, and I came over from uh, London, England before this. Um, so that was kind of a, a little shock to the system, I guess. <laughs> Getting... but, you're, but, you're, but you're from America? Yeah, I'm originally from uh, Maryland, Philadelphia area. Oh, okay. And, and how long were you uh, in the UK? Uh, three years before that. So that was my first assignment over there was uh, a little church that's in South London in Brixton. Um, I guess been there for about 130 years. And then uh, from there came to Boynton Beach when this opened up and happened to also be where my, my wife grew up. So <laughs> how great. It, yeah. it, isn't it great how sometimes things work out so perfect, uh, perfectly, huh? Yeah. And, you know, the church here has just been uh, really, really um, wonderful. I, they've been here for about 30 years in Boynton Beach, uh, moved up from Miami before that. Um, and, you know, they're they're at a stage in, in life where it's, we're trying to kind of shift around to refocus on the younger families again and, and our community again. Um, you know, each generation goes through its cycles. So we're kind of trying to recycle and get restarted on the younger generations again. And uh, so it's going really well. I, I'm, I'm really proud of uh, the way that this this group looks at um, each other and, and this community and really wants to serve it. So it's the been fact a that you've been with the uh, the new church of Boynton for five years um we could, of course, do three podcasts on the effects <laughs> of, of the pandemic and all that. Mm. But just generally, how did you and the congregation fare the last year? Uh, and, and, and um, you know, what, signif what significant uh, event or things happened uh, for you and the congregation during this time? Uh, well, luckily, we, we already had been um, investing in, in providing our services online. Uh, so we already had, you know, Facebook Live up and running and YouTube Live and things like that. So 
luckily our our capacity to serve people once everybody was asked to uh, remain at home and we do have a lot of um, congregants who are at risk from their age so we did um, shut down in-person services for a significant period of time um, and luckily everybody was already uh, pretty capable of accessing uh, our services and we tried to really you know keep in touch with each other more one-on-one um, so we were trying to you know, make sure that you're calling out to different people each week and just keep touch, keep in touch with each other. Um, and we've fared pretty well. Um, uh, it's always difficult. It's, it's really hard to feel uh, separated from each other by this distance. Um, but, you know, I think over time, uh, we've come to learn a new way to socialize and, and hopefully that'll strengthen us when we come back together physically. Uh, which That's we are, one. which we yes, are go, back go ahead. in person. Yeah, we are back in person uh, for worship. Um, so that's great. I'm very happy that, to do that. <laughs> that's wonderful. So I'd just like to get to know you a little bit. You said you grew up in Maryland, right? Uh, mostly, yeah. I, I moved around quite a lot growing up. So it was, I'd say the longest stint was in, yeah, right outside of D.C. And then, sure. And and uh, do you come from a family of people that have also been active in the or worked in the church or, or, or are you uh, the first in your family? Well, um, I'm actually from a long line on either side, but not directly. It's kind of aunts and uncles and things. Uh, my mom, though, has, uh, you know, a profound love for uh, service and, and she just um, has always reached out and worked with people and, and done whatever she could to. My dad as well, but he was much more focused on, you know, his forensic uses, his job. <laughs> mom, right. Mom was very, very active and uh, caring. And, and I think that that's um, where a lot of my inspiration to really focus on my neighbors comes from, is from, from my mom, you know. That's, yeah. That's and, and, Mother's and, Day, right? <laughs> you, you, right. No kidding. Uh, now, just, where do they live, your folks? They're still right outside of D.C. and uh, Bowie, Maryland. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. So at what time in your life uh, did you know or were you inspired uh, to uh, become a pastor uh, uh, to, to do the work that you're doing? Was it a very young age or it came later? Um, I guess hindsight is always twenty twenty. So looking back, I think I can see hints of a calling, you know, in my late teen years. Uh, but I had a really interesting talk with uh, the person who was the dean of the seminary school that I went to eventually. Um, and he said, you know, don't become a minister unless you have no other choice but to be a minister. And I thought that, that was like the worst pitch ever for right. a job. And then he said, you know, it's kind of like, don't choose to get married to somebody unless you have no other choice but to be married to that person. And he kind of explained that it has to be that kind of dedication. It's not a job in the same way, but it's it's something that becomes your life. Um, so I had that really, really good excuse is I don't have to for a long time. Um, <laughs> right. So it wasn't until I was about 27 or 28 um, that I started feeling like I had to do this from a, a deep drive inside of me rather than, uh, you know, feeling like I should in an intellectual way it was like an exciting moment of that's the direction of my life and and, and of course i i know the answer without knowing the answer but uh i'd love to know how it feels for you when you're addressing the congregation and, and 
and in the zone, so to speak. How does that feel for you? You know, looking back at your life and and your decision to do this, and and now and you are doing it. So uh, I'd like to know how juiced you get uh, when you're uh, when you're doing your thing. Hmm. Well, well, you've been in radio for a long time, so you 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 know the feeling of watching yourself, uh, you know, and so we've had video for a long time. So I go back and have to review. And um, when I can watch myself as if I'm not the one speaking is when I, I look back and go, that's when I let myself go enough that the Lord could come through more. And, and it's really a strange moment where I can watch as if I'm not me and listen to um, the, the spirit in a way um, is the only way I could, could say it. Um, and, and I don't mean that in any um, uppity way. I mean, it, and it, it, it's a weird spot of, can I get myself out of the way enough um, and prepare well enough so that I can be used as a, as a vessel for, for the Lord's love and wisdom. Um, and yeah, that's when I feel best about it is when, when I can get out of the way. <laughs> it, 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 uh, uh, just beautiful description. And, and, and I appreciate that. So now, so now I have a, a good sense of, of you and the, and the, and the fabric of being in service and, and, and your obvious uh, care uh, for the people around you. So how did you first, first get to the soup kitchen? Mm. Yeah. So we, um, we do a food drives, uh, throughout the year and, um, we had been taking a lot of our donations over to, uh, the community caring center of Palm of the Palm beaches down in Boynton, uh, downtown. And for some reason, one year they weren't open or I can't remember exactly what it was. So I needed to find an alternate location. And, um, so I called over to the soup kitchen and they said, yeah, yeah, bring everything you've got. We'll be happy to take it. And when I got there, um, Enrique was standing outside and um, I asked, you know, where do I do the donations. And I, he said, right in here. And I got out and he said, you're wearing the wrong shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I went, what? And he said, well, if you're going to be, you know, volunteering here in the morning, you need to wear full shoes, not sandals. Uh-huh. <laughs> And of course, this is what I deciphered after I understood his accent a little. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So was he, did he think you were there to volunteer or was no. that his way of saying you're volunteering? He, he was like, thanks for the food, but you're also, you know, you'd be better serving us if you're inside, basically. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, and that that's just his legacy. And, you know, it, it was an interesting time to um, witness this kind of transition after, you know, decades of, of him being uh, the backbone of the soup kitchen and, and really the, the driving force. And to see it transition to now watching the way that, that Marlene and Dimitri are operating there and all of the, the volunteers are just amazing. And uh, Peter in the kitchen, you know, uh, it, it's just really wonderful to see so many people, um, you know, pick up and and it, it almost amplifies um, the, the service, the type, type of service that he embodied uh, and brought to the soup kitchen. So it's it's really beautiful to see that flower blossom. You know, uh, a seed must fall to the ground and 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 die uh, before it is reborn, and and you, we see that in lots of different ways, um, and. and 
I think that that's something we're watching with the soup kitchen, with this expansion, with the way that they're serving this community with such a uh, caring and um, non-discrimination, really. It, it's a really just loving organization. They care for people in the deepest way. You know, just to piggyback to what you're saying, you've been around, you've been in different organizations and there were nice people and there were people that are maybe a little challenging is a nice way to put it. But my experience with the soup kitchen from Enrique to Marlene, Dimitri, and everybody that you meet, I just, whenever I'm in there and I leave, I'm taken with just the purity, just how much love everyone has for the mission of feeding people that need it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, you know, when you look around the corners, I remember once at, I, I went to Disney World as a guest of Disney World, and I went behind the scenes, you know, to get yeah. from one park to another, you know, <laughs> where the employees are. And they don't usually let people do that because, you know, Mickey had his head off, people smoking <laughs> cigarettes, you know, having a Diet Coke, which is fine. I'm not criticizing Disney, but when you, see, when you look be, behind the magic, Sometimes uh-huh. you see things that you don't like, and I, I just haven't found that at the soup kitchen. That That's absolutely right. And and that's, um, you know, I mentioned that like, when we were off air that we, when I first moved to a new area, one of the first things I try to do is, is find the, you know, really positive uh, community-based organizations, people, uh, charities that, that are really trying to serve each other and and that way i know uh when my congregation is looking for ways to serve which ones are really genuinely trying to serve and and sadly there is a lot of abuse of of uh you know charitable systems to um, take for greedy reasons and and this is you know such a good uh, example of not that <laughs> exactly so um uh did do you do work in the soup kitchen and meals on wheels or just one uh, i mostly do meals on wheels i've worked in the kitchen a few times um and and wish i could do more but it's uh, a busy busy schedule with my life right now so Absolutely. i haven't been able and to do a whole lot more yeah i deliver uh i said you know started of course with one day and then i loved it so much now i do it on uh, two days a week and you know i've done it every week for almost two years and every it's it's never oh, I, I want to get home. Uh-huh. I enjoy every interaction with every guest. Um, and, and and of course, I know you do. So tell me some of it. I, 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 I'm actually interested <laughs> I love you know, if, for, for a, maybe a, a funny story or, or something like that. But tell me a little bit about your experience as delivering food to homebound seniors. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it First of all, you're right. It is such a blessing. I, I feel like I get more out of it than I get, you know, than I do. Yeah. Um, really, to me, what what I love the most about it is the relationships with the different people um, and how important that is. It, it's kind of, you know, you're feeding with food, but then the, the, the company, uh, them feeling like there's somebody who is consistently in their life um, when they don't get to see their family, especially this past year, you know, people not being able to visit each other, it's been very isolating. So even though it's just 
you know, once a week that I get to go visit, you know, I, I'll go in and it's, you know, I get to talk with Ted and Ruth and then, you know, they're just, how do you have such a fun 97 and 95 year old couple? And they're, they're such awesome people to be around. And uh, it's sad to think that they would be pretty shut in their house. So getting in there and being able to spend a few minutes at the doorway chatting with them is, uh, is, is really um, awesome. And, and getting to hear their stories of how they met um, any of the, the different people that have been able to serve. There was a, a Korean war vet that um, I got to serve that was very stoic, but had some really interesting things to say after getting to know him for a while, you know? Um, so you learn a lot about these people and, and when you back up what it does, when you can go out and serve other people for their needs, you learn that everybody has a story and, and there's billions of us on this planet and each person is living their life and it gives us a lot more compassion for where other people might be and, and how they might be acting and behaving in any given moment uh, to remember that they have a story and, and they have problems too and they have good things too. And um, yeah, so- that, well, I, I'm so happy that you mentioned that because actually I was going to ask you, you know, if, and Marlene and of course, and, and Ricky, everybody- uh, is aware <clears throat> that the people that come through our doors to pick up food at the soup kitchen and uh, Meals on Wheels and, and taking care of our babies program, everything that we do is a constant theme that you don't know. The, the, you don't know what the person is going through on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, and so you, you know, beautifully uh, just started uh, talking about that, but from your experience, I mean, you just sound like a marvelous human being, but as a, <laughs> as a, a experience um, uh, of being a, a pastor, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on, I don't, just on, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, oh, is to, when you look at someone, uh, look at them it, it, with compassion, realizing that we don't know their background as opposed to judging. So I, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, well, there, there's so many ways you could go with that. Um, you know, the, the, the best way to get to that perspective though, is to be honest about who we are in ourselves. Um, because if, if we don't look at the heart of our own problems and the problems that we cause uh, within our own lives, and, and um, then, then we aren't going to be able to develop that kind of compassion because we won't be able to identify with those things in ourselves. Um, so really the, the path to kind of seeing others with compassion is to know the depths of our own problems and, and the way we contribute to them, not to identify with them necessarily that I am a liar, that I am a thief, that I am a, an adulterer or whatever it is, but to go, you know, I, I have issues holding back from telling lies when I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Um, I have problems with not, you know, taking some things from work, you know, to really get down into our own issues. Um, because then when we see somebody doing things that we, we actually have done, or we can see ourselves doing in, in different situations, we can really identify with that in ourselves and, and not put ourselves on a higher pedestal or them on a lower one. 
um, I think that's where it begins is really being, being true to ourselves. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I've shared this uh, with, uh, with Marlene, but a couple of years ago, I had some, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 physical issues with, with, with my stomach. And at one point couldn't get out of bed from February to August of that mm. particular year. And I, <laughs> I came so close to being a client or a guest of the soup kitchen. Uh, and then, you know, luckily things turned around after four short years of that problem. But, but that's what I think about is that w- when I get out of my car and walk up, you know, towards the door of where I'm delivering almost every time, even if it's just subconsciously, I'm aware that, I could be the person walking to my house mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that how close I came. And so I, I just, you know, it, it, it's very easy because most of them are just so sweet uh, that, that, you know, just making them laugh or, you know, I, someone will answer the door in a bathrobe and slippers. I'll say, come on, I thought you were going to be ready. We're going dancing and, and, you know, just anything to make them laugh. So. Um, uh, you know, there's there's an interesting uh, teaching in our church and our theology that says something along the lines of uh, angels never look upon another person and look down on them, uh, you know, thinking badly of them or or noticing their faults. But instead, they they or basically they can do this only because they recognize the fallen state from which they were saved. Um. And, and I, I love that idea of that. That's an angelic state of mind is to recognize the fallen state from which we've been saved. Um, and that's a progressive thing. There's, there's problems that I'm still dealing with in my daily life that I need to work on. And I haven't gotten to that place of humility yet in those areas. Um, but in the ones that I have, I feel much happier and better and, <laughs> and, and it serves other people better. So it's, it's an interesting mindset to have. So uh, you're uh, about to make a uh, a move, um, which I guess comes, you know, with the territory of being in radio. I, you know, when the job ended, the next job was somewhere else across the country. So uh, it sounds like that, you know, that's part of the of your work, too. So tell us about this, uh, this uh, change you're going to be going through. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm moving up to a church up in Rochester, Michigan, uh, which is north of Detroit by about a half an hour. Um, and, you know, it's a really hard thing because I, I wasn't wanting to leave Boynton Beach or the church here. Uh, I feel like we've been doing really good stuff and uh, I'm excited about the future here. Um, but, you know, with with looking at the bigger picture in our denomination um, and the needs of, uh, you know, the societies and what what I can offer, um, I'm certainly able to be of greater service uh, in the ways that I think I can. <laughs> it's yeah. such a hard thing to, you know, how do you dance around? Yeah, I'm leaving one place and going to another. And it is one of the hardest things to go, I'm not leaving here because I want to go, but I'm going to a place because I know I should. Um, and I, I'm excited, uh, particularly about, we, we have a little school that I'm, I have a background in education. And um, so I'm really excited about having a little school attached to the church up there. And um, it's a, in a different state of uh, 
I don't know what the church is doing right now. I think it's in a different part of its life cycle. It's, it's in a really exciting um, moment where I feel like there's a lot of momentum. And I feel like we can, if I go up there, I can really capitalize on that energy and, and really um, do some good service for that area. That sounds terrific. Are you ready? Do you have winter clothes? <laughs> My wife uh, found out or figured out that with everybody moving down from New York this year, which was a, a lot of extras, they brought their clothes down and went, oh, I'm never going to wear this again. And they took it to the thrift store. So I got a whole new wardrobe for like 130 bucks from the thrift store. <laughs> and Very it, good. Oh, that's I'm what a great sorrel idea. Boots, sorrel snow boots for $20. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a whole new podcast for you, Alan. You're oh, gonna it, it, you know, uh, uh, ways to to save money with Alan Crowley. <laughs> Crowley. Um, so I'd like to, uh, of course, I could talk to you for for hours, but uh, as we wind down this podcast, I was just thinking, you know, with everything going on the news uh, today, we, we hear so much about differences and 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 how people are different, but. I was thinking, you know, here you are going from this uh, uh, a church to a whole other state and all the things that are different. But I want uh, you to talk for a moment about the ways that we're similar or mm -hmm. the same. That, that, yes, you'll be in a different state. You'll need to use your GPS to find the grocery store. But what are the things that are the same when, when you're working with the congregation? Hmm. Oh, so one of the things that first comes to mind is something I'm going to miss that I had both in, in England and in uh, South Florida is the Caribbean culture, uh, which sounds funny to say that about London. But Brixton is uh, very, very heavily Jamaican and West African. So in some ways, there's a lot more island culture in London than I uh, even have here. Wow. Um, but, you know, what's interesting when you when you think about the different aspect of, of people and then the cultures and all of the differences that come about um, when you get down to root the root cause of why people live the way they do it has to do with love and whether those loves are you know this you know the same or different from each other that's what people are pursuing is is the what what they love um, and hopefully when, when we're creating a thing like a church, we're, we're assimilating people who have similar loves that want to serve uh, in a particular way, that have a similar understanding of what it means to love. Um, and and you, get, you get together and you kind of empower each other and support each other in doing that thing that you love. Um, and so the differences actually become... Uh, the variety that enhances and, and makes greater, you know, the, the, than the sum of the parts, what we're trying to do as a unit. Um, and so those differences are really benefits in the end. Um, once you kind of can understand we're all working for the same thing here, how can we each, you know, throw in our particular way of doing it um, and, and be able to reach other people that we might not have been able to reach in the same way? Um, so uh, well, it's interesting. I, I love the concept of variety as what brings perfection. How great! Now, is it your? And I'm being a little, a little uh, facetious or funny, but mm -hmm. I, I love the words of wisdom that that you come out with. 
do, do those do you have those great sayings because you trained to be a pastor or <laughs> or or uh, because when i talk to someone you know it, it, with your background and the work that you do you come out with these beautiful uh golden ter- expressions and i didn't know whether that that was uh, covered in your second year of uh of training <laughs> they, they don't teach you how to to have really cool things to say no um, <laughs> oh that's no, funny that that's all through uh, you know every job has its form of enlightenment the more that you focus on a particular kind of service the more you understand it and the more you can articulate what it is um and so with being blessed by the the fact that i'm asked and paid to study the lord's word and to serve people um, both in my church and in my community, that that's a pretty cool job to have. I, uh, my job is to love people. Like yeah. that's the coolest job description in the world. And so that means I get to invest a lot of time in, in studying human behavior and, and God's uh, order and the way that uh, people interact and, and become better human beings to each other. And so it, it's a blessing to be able to get to do this and if I don't have any of those words of wisdom, then maybe I'm not doing my job. Well. Uh, anyway, that's, you know, that's where I get it. <laughs> I, I'm so happy to have met you. Just talking to you and, and hearing what you're saying uh, just uh, it washes over me with, uh, with nice, warm thoughts. So I, I, I really appreciate you know, you, your time for this podcast and for volunteering at the soup kitchen. And I wish you and your wife and your family um, uh, all the best in your new adventure. Thank you so much. And, and, and so much love to the soup kitchen. It's been a, a blessing to be able to serve with them. And uh, I'm definitely going to miss people uh, that I've been serving here and also serving with. So um, really appreciate your time too, Dick. Alan, thank you. It's been great. His goodness comes right through the phone, don't you think? Pastor Alan Cowley from the New Church of Boynton Beach. A delight to talk with him and to share Alan's message and the soup kitchen message with you. Please share the podcast. Tell your friends about the soup kitchen. We love including everyone in our family.